You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Systematic Geekology. It's another What's New episode. This particular episode, we're just going to like talk about things that are new in pop culture and geek out on it. Uh, nothing specific, but just kind of go around the horn and talk about what we're geeking out on that's new out there in pop culture and geek culture. And today, I have a good friend of mine, uh, Brian Bennett, who uh, we overlapped in seminary a little bit. We've done some geek culture stuff together and projects together, and I consider him one of the pioneers in this intersection of faith and philosophy and theology with geek culture and pop culture. He was one of the OGs out there with a podcast called Church of the Geek. We've done some things uh, like Theocon together and done conferences. We've done panels at Comic-Cons together. So, uh, Brian, I am glad that you're here. Brian, where are you today? How are you feeling? What's up? Thanks, Will. Uh, it's really great to be here. Uh, you're so, so kind. Um with those words. I uh, I am the uh, campus pastor in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I serve students at Pitt, Carnegie Mellon, Chatham, and Carlo Universities. So Pittsburgh, right now we're hitting about, we're all going to hit 70 today. So, you know, it's going to be a nice day Dang. just before we crash back down again into the cold. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, it's good to be, it's good to be with you. Uh, we're on a little bit of a hiatus with Church of the Geek. We're retooling, I think, a bit of what we do, but um, yeah. There's yeah. still a, an extensive back catalog to explore. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And I was back on there way back when we were talking about God loves geeks and what I was doing in my congregation and it's had, uh, with, with that book club and book study and, and doing some of those things. That's really kind of the origin story of systematic ecology here, sharing that with Joshua and his podcast and then said, Hey, um, may, maybe we could do and branch off and do some of that work, um, about, uh, religion and faith and theology intersecting with those things that we geek out on and narratives that we're cat um, captivated by. So let's hop into the episode. Um, all right, what's new? I'll start off. I'll go around the horn. Uh, one thing that I'm really into uh, that dropped on Apple Plus is uh, this documentary called Make or Break. It documents kind of behind the scenes of the the World Surf League, which you've heard me talk about it before. It's like the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, MLB of pro surfing. And so you have this kind of a elite group of like 30 to 40 uh, men and women who are on the surf tour that go around to these um, great locations, uh, some of the best waves of the world with the best surfers of the world, and and they compete and see who's best by the end of the year, who wins the world title and, and all those kinds of things. And so this make or break goes in to um, kind of behind the scenes and what makes a pro surfer tick and what they're up to and the struggle of how to remain on tour and what it makes, what it, what it takes to make a living being a pro surfer. And then second season just dropped. And I'll have to say the first episode um, documents 50 year old Kelly Slater winning the pipeline masters and so as another 50 year old bald 50 year old watching another bald 50 year old win a surf contest he is the goat he's 11 time world champ uh, it kind of documents uh, that contest for him there at the beginning of the season and it was a lot of fun i watched that live when it happened um a, a year or so ago uh but then to have behind the scenes and what makes him tick and um learning more about him was, was really cool. So if you want to learn more about pro surfing and what it takes to be a pro surfer, I highly recommend make or break on Apple plus. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brian, how about you? What, what, what's new in your world? What, uh, you geeking out on in, in, in the new part of geek culture these days? Sure. I just watched the other night, the first episode of season three of, uh, of Picard. Yeah. That was a, uh, it's a gamble because I thought season two was terrible. (laughs) <laughs> i really it was pro it's probably my least favorite star trek thing out there season two of picard um but uh it picks up it's it's sort of a return to the next generation folk um mm-hmm. we're gonna see a lot of them this uh this season and uh that first episode is enough to make me go well that was better than the entire second season uh so uh <laughs> it was fantastic uh i really liked it uh, my wife was like, I'm still reserving judgment. I'm like, okay, fair. Me too, but I'm I'm much more optimistic about it. But she's she's a little bit choosier than I am. So mm-hmm. uh, I liked it. It's you know, we're gonna see familiar folks. We're gonna see it it had a season two had a terrible feel for me. It didn't really feel Star Trekky. And the ways that the writing did, they tried to I think cram too much in. Uh and so they left out some connective tissue and season three, this episode starts off very good. Feels it feels very much like Star Trek. Nice. And and we've we've banter back and forth in other avenues that like I'm the Star Wars guy and um Brian's the Star Trek guy. And um yeah. but but I've I've admired and and honored um what Star Trek has done in the sci-fi realm and what it's done in pop culture and all all kinds of respect. I you know, I've shared before that like I was just a kid that grew up on the original Star Wars movies, and then whenever I watched reruns of Star Trek, I was like, Where's the lightsabers? Where are the lasers? You know, all this talking, but then later on in life, kind of um like, oh, I see what they're doing. It's more philosophical. Yeah. It's it's more Twilight Zone up in up in space. Um it was a it kind of carved the way and paved the way for things like Star Wars to actually happen. So um I, I like I like Brian's take when it comes to Star, Star Trek, and you—you kind of grew up on the Star Trek reruns, right? Was that kind of right? Your first I watched. I, yeah, my mother was really concerned. Like, oh dear, what is this doing to him? Little did she <laughs> know, it was turning me into a massive nerd. Yeah, um, because yeah, every night after dinner, you know, the Star Trek uh, was run reruns and syndication. I watched it religiously. I loved it. Um, these stories in space and out there and. You know, yeah, no lightsabers, but there were phasers and there was the Vulcan death grip. No, the, yeah, you know, Spock's yeah. uh, neck pinch that dropped folks. And uh, yeah, I realized um, I love Star Wars, uh, but Star Trek is is my jam. You know, it's the more uh, it's the more cerebral. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. You space Cro-Magnons. Can, I mean, um, <laughs> Star Wars fans can uh, enjoy it. I But I uh, really um, yeah, I feel like the vision, everything else is so dark or can be really dark but star trek has always upheld this wonderful vision of what humanity can be mm. and mm-hmm. um it's, it's not without its problems for sure but it's yeah it's way uh, it's way more optimistic yeah and i think we've talked about like sci-fi holding up that mirror or that speculative fiction of what things could be in the future and and what we hang our hat on or what we hope things will look like um or help us re-examine what we're doing now that will affect the future and, and star wars does that too but it's a little bit more um i don't know um they, they they're in the same sandbox of course of, of science fiction but but in terms of like where they're going with the story and what they they hope to do and I, they both deal with a lot of fans 
and uh, nostalgia where they got to keep people happy in a sense of the, that fandom of we want what we love, but we also want them to go in a new direction and do something new. And when you kind of don't work out that balance, then fans get upset. And at least we see that in Star Wars. We'll talk more about that when it comes to another thing we're yeah. geeking out on in the Star Wars universe. But how do you feel like the Star Trek of as of late, uh, regardless of like the newer movies that J.J. Abrams have done, uh, balancing that kind of nostalgia with uh, doing something new and pulling it into the future for newer fans. So I am a I I have really enjoyed Discovery. Uh, that has been a really it's a good piece. I like the cast. I like the characters. Um, it's not always great in its execution of the story, but I but I have really enjoyed it. But Strange New Worlds um, has deepened the connection to the original series mm. and uh i whew, i love it so that has been really good um which is why you know as much as i disliked picard season two and now picard season three comes out having come off of the high of strange new worlds uh that first season because captain pike is awesome and um <laughs> yeah it's um pretty pretty enjoyable so that's why I'm feeling pretty optimistic about this because I feel like they hit it right with with Stranger Worlds, and uh, hopefully they made the adjustments that they needed to do from season two of Picard. Yeah, which just and let me say again, oh, bad. <laughs> I, I've heard things in the zeitgeist of, of pop culture about like people are very excited about season one and Picard yep. coming back and all that, and then season two people were like, "What are we doing?" And then when season three was coming, I was like, "Oh wow, they're going to do another season." And then I, and then I saw some some online chatter about like that was a really good episode. I'm hopeful, so so that's why I, I definitely want to bring it up. We'll keep we'll keep you in the loop and keep you here to kind of keep us um, in the news about about your thoughts on, on that. In terms of my bandwidth of, of things that I can consume and be into, um, Star Trek's always kind of hung out there for me. And I wanted to, I, I, I definitely go to the movies and, and see some of that. But as far as binging, um, one day I'll, I'll go back and, and watch all of those. And then same with Doctor Who. Like I love Doctor Who. I love the old Doctor Who when I was a kid. And um, but but haven't got into really the new episodes. And but maybe maybe one day I, I will. I, I definitely respect that that its place uh, in the pantheon of geek culture and, and what it does. Um, um, and the stories that it, it tells. Yeah, comic that, that has come out that, that I've gravitated to that I kind of like and want to see where it goes. It's, I'm, I'm a big Marvel head, but from Boom Studios, there's a comic called Mosley. And uh, it kind of goes in kind of a futuristic dealing with AI. That's the topic today that we're all wrestling with. Um, AI, and it has some superhero tropes, transhumanism, uh, humans merging with machines, and, and what does that look like? And um, I, it, it really is a, a neat, a neat comic. There's two two issues out, and I want to really kind of see where where this goes. I think it does not only is kind of an adventure and it has comic book trips in it, but but the questions that it lifts up about AI and our emergence with our bodies with technology Brian, i don't know if you've seen that one or or reading that i've seen one. it on, yeah i saw it on the shelves um that's good yeah. to know it's it's worth a pickup rob uh gilroy um gilroy i probably mispronounced the name he i think he did farmhand um and which is a proper one i haven't read that one and then sam loftfee is is, a, is another person who's on that book as the creative 
team. Um, but it's, it's worth a pickup to see. Um, if it, We'll see what happens when it finishes the first story arc, whether it's better read in like a trade or, or to pick up the single issues. But, but it's a new, new book that grabbed my attention, and especially with all the talk about AI and emergence with technology and all that stuff um, lately of these days. Um, it's, it's another avenue to kind of explore what that would look like or cautionary tale when it comes to that. Um, all right, let's, I, I'm going to circle around to uh, Last of Us. I know Brian hasn't been watching that show, mm-hmm. um, but but it's out there. Uh, there's six episodes in on HBO Max. I absolutely adore it. It is, um, I, I was a big, I, I love the apocalyptic genre. I, I love zombie genre. There's a different take on that. I know we've talked about it being a video game, a different take on the monster, but but it continued to be just a, a very character-driven um, show following Joel and Ellie and and them trying to make it in this world and um, uh, the new reality 20 years after kind of a, a, a virus outbreak. And so it is, it is the, there's monsters, there's zombie-like uh, mushroom fungus like people you have to avoid but again this is another one of those shows in apocalyptic genres that reveal um that the most of the time the monster of the week isn't the most dangerous thing it's what humans do uh in that environment that really you need to be uh more wary of uh the, the what humans are capable of is really the monster that we need to be fearful of yeah so i this is really fascinating. I was listening to um, my friend Mav's podcast. Uh, they were talking about this box uh, box uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. They were talking about uh, ages of comics, right? The, the gold age, the silver age, the bronze age, and then moving after the bronze age, it gets a little funky. But one of the ages that they called and sort of what their current age is, not modern or contemporary, but they called it transmedia uh, insofar huh. as c- comics now extend or these superheroes at least extend across media nice and the the notion of adaptations has really gotten to me because so many things are being adapted for other media right so this was a video game right right? and i have always said video games are one way that we can immerse ourselves in stories and i think that's a really cool thing like i can be batman in our city right you know i love that um and uh so also listen to the adventure zone and they are they're original story arc the uh the balance up uh the balance arc is being adapted into a graphic novel they're You're right, right the 11th hour arc at this point um and so and then all oh, right so we had tolkien with rings of power um and i am i am intrigued by the notion of of adaptations particularly in the for the christian life in in a sense all of our lives become adaptations of the jesus story right mm. like mm how does that begin to look and so the 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 reality is you can have a you can have a good adaptation of something that has to make choices that doesn't include everything and we have this so i it's just it's been rattling around in my head so i think it's been interesting to, that you guys pick up on this so i haven't watched it and i probably will at some point but uh, i'm fascinated by the way we are finding new ways to tell the same story mm-hmm. over and over mm-hmm. again and i think there's something for us in the life of faith that 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 matters 
Yeah, after was it episode three or four? Um, very moving kind of love story, um, survival story. Episode three, um, and and as I was watching, I was like, "Good lord, this was a video game! What are we doing?" And I never played it, but TJ, one of our hosts, has played it and played the second part and and loved it. And and um, you know, Trip Fuller, uh, a friend friend of mine in the show, was like, "Yeah, my my kid played this video game," and like what is going on? Like this is a, this is a TV show and the way they've adapted it to TV. And, and sometimes you, you, you have a hit and sometimes it, it misses when it comes to like taking something from a, a book or a novel, make it to a movie or a video game into a movie or vice versa. Um, but, but man, they, what they've done with this show with some HBO money um, is, is pretty daggone fantastic. So I, I can't recommend enough for those who are, who like that genre. I want to um, encourage folk in that same vein though, to check out, um, other minds and hands. Um, it's done by the Tolkien professor. Um, and, uh, he and another is Corey Olson and Maggie Park, uh, do this where they talk about adaptations, uh, across that. And they've just started talking about Lord of the Rings, which is hilarious, but they finally got to a point where they do, but they talked about Dune. They talked about uh, a number of other things and especially the rings of power. Um, because they talk about, and he is someone who has very clear connection to like the books of, of Lord of the Rings, but the way he talks about adaptations and the way they engage it is they can understand people have connections and all that sort of stuff, but they, they encourage folk to, to talk and listen uh, mm-hmm. or, or watch these with, with different eyes and think about, but what is happening in that story as it is, it's not going to be a, there's no way there's ever going to be a faithful reproduction of one story from one medium to the other. Sure. So it's, it's really interesting. You ought to make choices. So um, I just want to lift that up for that exact reason. I think that other minds and hands is a really wonderful uh, way to engage folks. Is that an article or, or a documentary or a book? Other minds. It's, and a, hands. it's a podcast. It's okay. a podcast. Nice. Um, I think they're streaming it. It's probably on YouTube, but it's also on um the Tolkien, what's the, what's the podcast? Tolkien professor. Okay. Um, yeah. You can check that out. And uh, it's, it's very rich to think about that, especially if you love Lord of the Rings. Uh, but also if like Dune, that was a, that was a good uh, conversation that they had about the, the most recent, the uh, Villeneuve adaptation. So uh, Olson talked about like, we'll come across something and he doesn't necessarily like, and it drives him back to the source material back into the story that he knows and loves. And, it really forces him to re-engage the story and then go, Oh, you can do that. Right. Or so it, it just keeps helping you re-engage the source material mm. uh, when you see that. And it's, yeah, I think, I think it's such a good way to engage uh, adaptations. Love it. Uh, good recommendation, Brian. Um, yeah. Brian, like probably not a short answer, but, but you know, quick, quick take. Did you like rings of power? Did you, did you like that? I did that? like it. I did like it. Um, I, it's, it was, it was a pretty good story. I enjoyed it. You know, I, but I also like the 1984, uh, David Lynch Dune movie. Right. right. On its own. It's not <laughs> yeah. Dune. I love Dune the book. Uh-huh, I can set the uh-huh. book aside and watch that movie and go, David Lynch is wild, man. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. 
Well, we had, um, you know, Star Trek corner. Uh, we moved into some comics and some post-apocalyptic. Let's let's move into Star Wars corner. A couple big things that are out there uh, today. Um, we, we got the Bad Batch has been the newest content from from Star Wars animation and, and Disney Plus. And then as you guys, the listeners, listen to this, one episode or a few episodes, I don't know how many episodes they're going to drop, of Mando Season 3 has dropped. We As recording this, we don't know what it's going to be like, but we're excited about it. Uh, maybe you watched it so far i know i have um it's not out yet but it will be i don't know time loop uh but bad batch um the latest um season star wars animated animation uh i'm i'm enjoying it brian i know you've been watching it um Mm -hmm. what what is your take on this of course it has star wars fans you know fighting on twitter again but that's kind of what star wars fans do but uh what what's your take on on this season so far yeah, Star Wars fans are going to Star Wars. Um, yep. You know, I've really enjoyed So I will say the beginning was a little slow. I didn't know how it was going to go or if it was just going to be just sort of these missions because they set it up to be a fail, one failed mission after another. Yeah. Um, the introduction of a new character and then, wow, then they broke it loose. Um, <laughs> with it, where they had the Emperor just completely play everybody and not to – Sorry, not to give too much away. Folks haven't watched it yet, but dang, that broke it loose. And I was like, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I kind of like this. You know, people complain about the adventure of the week and not too much um, canon or storyline or main narrative moving the the Star Wars universe forward and this big, big continuity story. And I'm kind of like, you know, that's kind of what cartoons do. They do the adventure of the week and then they get a little deeper and they they go along. So not every single episode needs to be like the next big thing that's going to break the Internet for me personally. And so when people talk about filler episodes, I mean, most of my life, let's let me most of my life. Most of my days are filler episodes. I am going through the motions. I'm doing the same routine. And then there are some events that happen. Not every big event can happen every single day. There are filler episodes in my life. Um, Bad Batch is the same. But yeah, this that filling in the gap of what happened with the clones leading to the emergence of the, the Imperial Stormtrooper, um, we want to know that story. And this is where it's happening, and naturally mm-hmm. so in this series and and that's what they're doing even though not every episode goes super deep into that we got a couple episodes where it did and then it'll it'll be there it'll be there i don't think feloni does a lot of filler i think almost all the stuff he does is very intentional in the story mm-hmm. and and we don't know it until later yeah no I, and i think bad batch you know if you're going to talk about these clones that were you know, the ethical dilemma of creating them for war. And then you're like, now they're emerging as having their own personalities and their own people and souls are not just like tools of war. And then even within the show, they're toying around not only with their own personalities and their gifts. I like the team book. I like the team up. I like, I like X-Men. I like Avengers. Yeah. I like Justice League. That's, that's who they are. But, but also you're going into like neurodiversity and, and maybe somebody that's on the, the autism spectrum and, and dealing with that kind of stuff, wrestling with what is family, what is home, where, where do, you know, nature versus nurture. I mean, all, all those things are coming in and, and yeah, they're trying to um, reach a large kind of age group base from, from children all the way up to like 50 year olds who grew up with the original trilogy. So, so there's a lot there that they have to balance. And and I, I think they're doing a pretty good job. Not every episode is going to be your favorite. Not every comic book is going to be my, the best comic book I've ever read. Um, but they're part of the story and the people that you love and you want to follow and see, see what unfolds, be patient with it. There's going to be a lot of yeah. episodes. 
Yeah, there's some deep stuff there. There's there's fun stuff. There's there's racing. There's the you got to get this treasure and what is treasure and paying off debts. I mean, I, there, there's kind of those some Star Wars trips and stuff, but there's still some really depth there. And and I don't know where Omega is going to um, find herself at the end of the series or in the larger Star Wars universe. You know, I personally, man, if I would like geek out hard if an older Omega shows up in like the Ahsoka series at some point down the road that she's standing next to Captain Rex or another bad batcher who, who, you know, like, and, and they, you know, it's a big universe. It's like, where's she been? Where was she in other movies? It was like, well, she, she, she could have been doing the Ahsoka thing and well, get connected. So I don't know. There's a pretty cool theory on a, a YouTube channel. I was watching guy has okay. a theory. I'm not going right. to bring it up here. But it would it would link Omega to the much larger cinematic universe. Okay, yeah, so I'm there for it. I'm there for it. I don't know. I don't know. It's a compelling little argument, though. Yeah, and that's where we get in trouble with Star Wars fans. Like we have our theories and the mystery. We yeah. want to fill in the gaps, and if it doesn't happen that exact way, um, then then we get upset. And that kind of is what happened to me with Last Jedi and other places. I'm like, oh, this would be cool. This would be cool. I can't wait for this to happen. Oh man, wouldn't that be happening? I write the story in my head, and it doesn't happen that way. And I'm like, dang it, why didn't they do my story? I learned my I learned my lesson after Wandavision. Right, <laughs> I wasn't going to believe. I'm done believing all of the internet rumors. But if this one plays out. It's pretty darn cool. Okay. So. All right. Well, we're leading into like Star Wars stuff. Mando season three. Here we go. I kind of, it's hard. You know, the movies aren't necessarily the flagship anymore. It's this particular series is the flagship Star Wars um, uh, uh, show that is um, kind of leading Star Wars into the future. We're season three. It's emerging. It's happening. Are you guys excited? What are you hoping to see? We don't have to have big theories, but like, are we going to see a de-aged uh, Luke again? Or, or are we going to find out uh, um, Grogu's, uh, you know, origin of how he escaped the Jedi Temple or not? Is that a part of it? What What do we think? What do we think is going to happen here in season three? I want to see uh, more development of Grogu as a as an individual. Right. I want to see. I mean, we, we, we know that Grogu makes the choice to return to Mando, right? Mm-hmm. But I want to see Grogu develop beyond just the cute little um, egg-sucking comic <laughs> relief moment, right? right? Yeah. I, want, uh-huh. I want there to be more. I want there to be something meaty in, in his story. I know it's Mandalorian, but I want, there, yeah. I want there to be a development of even of that clan of Mando and Grogu. Yeah, we've been down the down the road of like you know, all right. He needs to protect a child um, from from the out the outside threat, and then he had his cute moments of batting his eyes and eating something. And oh, we know he's force sensitive and he's grown. So it, it, it was weird to me that that they used uh, Book of Boba Fett to to bring Mando back um, and Grogu together. So for those of you who don't know and didn't watch Book of Boba Fett, there's some there's a mil- some episodes in there. You're going to need to watch Mando season 2.5 uh, but i was fine i was happy yeah. with those that there's my favorite episodes of book of boba fett and now we're those back are everybody's favorite episodes of boba fett yeah yeah so. and so now now is season season three so I, that, I think for me too i think um i want some more of his backstory and and why he is the way he is and what's going on with him along with some of the the larger mandalorian um you know political um espionage and and larger world 
And we'll, of course, talk more about Mando in future episodes uh, when those episodes drop. We might even do uh, a live watch uh, of some episodes out there. Um, so, so keep a lookout for, for that as well. Well, y'all, that's what's new. Oh, yeah, Brian, go for I got, it. I got two comics I want to lift up. Okay. Uh, we didn't, uh, we, we got off on the other stuff. But uh, one, actually, you mentioned Boom Studios. Mm-hmm. And this, for Mosley, this one is Briar. Okay. Um, there's three issues out right now. Uh, Christopher Cantwell, German Garcia, and Math- uh, Matthias Lopez. Um, great sort of reimagining of the Sleeping Beauty tale. Um, oh. Very adventurous. Very, uh, It's really excellent. The art is very cool. I love the colors. Uh, uh, it's apocalyptic uh, elements going on. And uh, so love it very much. Uh, I really enjoyed that. And the other one, I, I bring this up. It was five issues last year and um it just came out in a collected edition and so I'm, i want to tell folks if you see it and you like uh horror and faith um this is from awa which is i had never heard of before this but that's artists writers and artisans uh incorporated but awa a title called sacrament mm. uh, it is a horror-based comic <laughs> around faith um let me let me for those who were uh, like, I want to warn everybody about content within sacrament. There is, um, there is, there are explicit, there are a few explicit pictures, uh, as a, as a priest wrestles with his vows, etc. Um, Briar there's language, but, but, oh, a sacrament is Peter Milligan and Marcelo Frusen. Um, the great thing about this, if you can find this collected issue is that it is $10. Okay. Um, and, Here's the problem. If you see it, you got to grab it because I told the folks at my uh, at my comic shop. I said, "Oh, I see this is out. Oh my gosh, it's ten dollars. I have the floppies. Trust me. Just leave it on the shelf in case and order me another one. Because if I want other people to get it, if they can, they went and they looked, and it's already out of out of print. Hmm. So if you see it and it's if horror, sci-fi." um faith stuff is interesting sacrament is your is your thing there's exorcism and uh religious wrestling uh a very uh the 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 uh the priest is uh, it's a forbidden religion um christianity is forbidden because it's all atheist it's very dystopian and dark and a thousand years in the future so they're just fyi uh. Yeah, and imagine that two Lutheran pastors on a podcast talking about comics, and the one of the titles is Sacrament. Of course, it is, and I, oh, I I'm going to go hunt that great. down. I yeah, I like it a lot. I follow AWA on um, on on Twitter and Instagram, and, and kind of follow some of some of their books and things, but I haven't read a whole lot about it or or a lot of content. But that is one that I I will try and hunt down. Cool. Well, thanks, friends. Uh, thanks for listening. This whole show has been kind of like recommendations and what we're geeking out on. So, um, yeah, you know where where to find us. You can find us on social media and on our website. We are trying to uh, get more traffic on our YouTube channel. So hop over there, subscribe, like, share. We'll have some more content on some um, live streams in the future and then some watch parties. And then let us know what what you're geeking out on and, and what's new for you. And, and if there's something that we're missing or an episode that you want to hear um, us talk more about then then reach out to us you can send emails to joshua because he can't he can't wait to hear uh from you and the emails just flood his his email with like hundreds of emails of stuff that we should do he he'll go through it he'll answer every single one of them 
I'll answer every single one of them with a personal message. Um, and so, uh, thanks, friends. Thank you for listening. And uh, remember, the geek in me honors the geek in you. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.